Any health-related information on the following show provides general information only. Content presented on any show by any host or guest should not be substituted for a doctor's advice. Always consult your physician before beginning any new diet, exercise, or treatment program. podcast about thriving for those who have been affected by cancer and chronic disease or chronic disease. I'm Dr. Lisa Schuler, and I co-host Five to Thrive Live with my good friend and colleague, Carolyn Gazella. You can find all of our past podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, iTunes, Stitcher, and you can also find them on our website, which is ithriveplan.com. Today's show is a good one. It's about what's new in radiation therapy And did you know that about 50% of all people diagnosed with cancer will get radiation therapy at some point during the course of their illness? Um, About a quarter of those with early stage cancer receive radiation therapy, while over a half of those with later stage cancers get radiation therapy. And it's used for curative purposes, to control disease, and also to relieve symptoms of disease. And the good news is that the field of radiation continues to advance. So we're gonna hear all about these advances in a moment. First, I wanna start off by thanking our sponsors, Immuse, a unique patented postbiotic, which gives the immune system a key advantage. Immuse, Immuse is an ingredient in many immune supporting dietary supplements. And you can go to immusehealth.com for more information. Also, Cognizant acetylcholine, nature's way of keeping the brain's energy-producing centers firing on all cylinders. If you're looking for a way to enhance your brain function, including memory, focus, and attention, look for Cognizant on the label of your favorite brain health product or go to Cognizant.com for more information. Dr. Ohira's probiotics, which is a best-selling probiotic for over three Decades contains 12 probiotic strains, which are shelf-stable without refrigeration due to a unique three-year fermentation process. And you can learn more at drohiraprobiotics.com. And finally, ProThrivers Wellness Multivitamin. This is a multivitamin mineral supplement formulated specifically for Thrivers. ProThrivers Wellness Multivitamin is available online at pureformulas.com or nhc.com. And now I am delighted to introduce my guest, Dr. Manoj Reddy. Dr. Manoj Reddy is a board-certified radiation oncologist based out of Dallas, Texas, and he's served many roles, including the VA system, private practice, and previously as assistant director, uh, sorry, assistant professor and director of residency training at Baylor College of Medicine. He received his medical degree from Baylor College of Medicine and is a fellow of integrative medicine. And he's been in practice for more than 20 years. Hello, Dr. Reddy. Welcome to Five to Thrive Live. Thank you for having me. Delighted to have you. And, uh, you know, before we dive into this topic of radiation therapy, which I know you have a lot to say um, about, I kind of have a more personal question for you, which is, what do you love about being a radiation oncologist? Well, thank you for that question. Um, I initially pursued radiation oncology as a had a strong interest in computer science when I was in high school 
and also in college, but uh, gained an interest in medicine and biology. And radiation oncology marries medicine, cancer biology, cancer treatment, um, using high-end technology to treat and cure cancer. And although yeah. I really enjoy the technical aspects of radiation therapy, what I enjoy the most, I think, the, is the relationships, uh, the close relationships that I uh, develop with my patients. Yeah, wonderful. So you get to use your brain and your heart in your work. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Well, uh, let's start off really basic, just so we're all on the same page. So maybe um, how do you explain radiation therapy and kind of what it's intended to do? Because I think a lot of people, when they hear radiation, they immediately think bad things. Yeah, um, radiation therapy is a uh, cancer treatment that uses, I guess, beams of intense energy to kill cancer cells, and that, that doesn't sound, you know, very very appealing when you hear that. Um, it uses x-rays similar to chest x-rays. Uh, um, much of the uh, energy, uh, sorry, the most common forms of radiation therapy uses x-rays, and um, but there are other types, including electrons and protons. Radiation works by making small breaks in the DNA inside cells. These breaks keep cancer cells from growing and dividing and cause them to eventually die. Nearby normal tissue is not as affected uh, by radiation, but normal it has a greater chance to recover from radiation therapy and is thus uh, less impacted. Mm -hmm. but, but having said that, normal tissue can be injured from radiation therapy. And the goal is to accurately and precisely direct radiation therapy to the cancer cells and limit exposure to normal tissue. Right, and that's in some ways where a lot of the advance has come. You know, radiation therapy today is so very different than radiation therapy was maybe even 20, but certainly 30, 40 years ago. So what's changed that's made it both more effective and better tolerated? That's a great question. Um, it You know, short answer is science and technology. Uh, long answer is, you know, that over the last 30 years, scientific discoveries and technological advances have obviously dramatically influenced our own lives uh, via cell phones, internet, electrical cars. Such is also the case for medical technology in general and radiation oncology. Since its inception in the early 1900s, the challenge for radiation therapy has been directing radiation to cancer cells while limiting exposure to the normal tissue. And in order to direct radiation therapy, the first step is to know where the tumor is. And over the last 30 years, there's been an expo exponential improvement in computer science and technology uh, that have made it uh, possible to better see and localize cancer, starting with CT scans in 1980s to MRIs to CTs in the 2000s, our ability to visualize cancers inside a patient's body without cutting them open has improved tremendously and continues to improve today. Mm -hmm. Once we have a better ability of seeing uh, or uh, seeing a cancer, the challenge for radiation oncologists is to direct radiation from an external machine to a patient's uh, cancer deep within their body, while at the same time limiting exposure to, to nearby normal tissue. And over the last 30 years, 
um, sorry, 30 years ago, we weren't, we had, uh, we weren't very, uh, we treated normal t tissue and cancer equally because it was hard to uh, separate the treatment mm -hmm. and the normal tissue got equal uh, radiation and thereby side effects. However, over the last three decades, advances in radiation physics, computer technology have resulted in improved hardware on the radiation machine and also three-dimensional software. We're able to see the body in three dimensions on our computer software and map out treatment uh, to better deliver a therapeutic dose of radiation to the cancer area while limiting dose to nearby normal tissues. Um, a technical term that's commonly used in our field is what's called intensity modulated radiation therapy, which means that we can intensify dose to the cancer sites while uh, and modulate it while decreasing exposure to the normal tissue. Abbreviation for that is IMRT. Mm -hmm. Along with that technical advance of directing radiation, another challenge for us is that radiation is usually a daily treat for several days over many weeks. And it, uh, when we're treating uh, tumors from an external machine uh, at to inside the body, uh, the, the there is a movement and tumor tumor motion and organ movement that impacts uh, our delivery and accuracy. Um, we didn't have an ability to, to, uh, to address that in the past, and thus we would give the tumors a margin to account for motion and thus treating surrounding normal tissue as well. Uh, but with recent advances, we now have the means to account for uh, tumor and normal tissue motion inside the body by performing what we call four-dimensional CT scans, accounting for time and allowing us to visualize the impact of breathing and internal organ motion on the cancer site so we can see or the cancer move and organs move and thereby know where it moves and direct our radiation better in that way. Mm. Yeah, so it's almost like you're sort of following the tumor or the cancerous tissue in its yes. movements. Right, and accounting for the movement when we're delivering treatment and not just giving it a, a margin uh, yeah. without without knowing what we're treating. I mean, those what you just described are just tremendous advances because, you know, sparing healthy tissue from the radiation effects, of course, is going to significantly impact the experience of radiation. So people will go through it with less pain, with fewer side effects, fewer residual long-term tissue damage. And that's certainly something I'm seeing in my patients. Um, and right. in fact, I'm kind of wondering if, or how I should say, how these advances have also changed the way in which radiation has been incorporated into cancer care, especially say for people with more advanced cancers. You know used to be, even when I was getting into this field uh, 20 years ago, we used to think of radiation really as just early stage cancer. Yes, it could kind of help cure disease, but mostly it was there to sort of palliate, like what we call palliate or relieve pain by shrinking tumors that are pressing on nerves or whatever. But now it's really being used as part of the treatment and even maybe with curative intent later on. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's very exciting in the sense that 
um, uh, primarily because of improvements in systemic therapy, and, um, and meaning you know chemo or immunotherapy agents that affect the entire body. Uh, the role of radiation therapy has also changed um, in recent times with advances in, the, in systemic control using immunotherapy. Um, there are er there may be areas of limited disease, um, limited what we call metastases, distant disease from the cancer. Um, the term that we use for that is oligometastases, or small numbers of of metastases. In this setting, there are times where uh, where we use focused radiation to those sites to not only improve the control of the disease site, but potentially to improve their overall outcome and survival. And this is being increasingly used. There's other settings in that similar vein where you have um, response to tumors from immunotherapy at multiple areas, but there might be one area that's resistant and progresses. We call that oligoprogressive disease. And in that sense, when we treat that one area with radiation, allowing for the rest to be treated with immunotherapy, it may improve or prolong survival, and that's something that's being studied increasingly exciting for us in this field. Mm -hmm. So this is a little bit off topic, but I'm wondering, do you, uh, and by the way, listeners, if you've just joined us, I'm speaking with Dr. Manoj Reddy, a radiation oncologist about radiation therapy and cancer. So do you um, believe that, for example, in the example you gave with the immunotherapies, that you're harnessing the abscopal effect? Right. That's uh yes. Um, you know, we are potentially impacting other areas of the body with the use of local radiation treatment, or the scopal effect, um, and th that's a theoretical potential possibility for the radiation mm -hmm. uh, impact. Yeah. So for our listeners, that's really just kind of a fancy way of saying that the, and you can correct me if I get this wrong, but that the radiation creates these danger signals through the damage that they create in the cancer tumors, which essentially sends up flags and alerts the immune system to come to the area and attack, whereas before they might have been more camouflaged from immune yeah. recognition. That's, that's correct. It's another means of like the immunotherapy being activated, kind of an immunotherapy in a sense, by yeah. radiation activating the right. immune system to impact other areas of the body. Right. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. So let's uh, let's let's hear about some of these newer things. Uh, you know, I think you've alluded to this, but um, there's something now you talked about MRI. So MRI guided radiation therapy and then MRI linear accelerators. What does all that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so um, MRIs uh, have the capability that um, that see uh, MRIs are another means of image imaging and compared to CT scans MRIs uh, are show us internal structures in an improved sense um, an example is prostate cancers which is better visualized on an MRI compared to a CT scan you in the past most of our treatment machines were CT based and our treatment planning was CT based because of density and CT picks up density better than is it, it picks up density through the x-ray mechanism um, so it, it has been commonly used for radiation therapy planning and also CTs are on multiple uh, uh, sorry CTs are on radiation machines allowing us to visualize and see the cancer uh, so MRI in radiation therapy 
uh, on a linear theory is very new. Um, the advantages of it are superior image capabilities, so you could see the cancer better. So if you could see it better, you could target it better. Another advantage of MRIs are, are that it allows for real-time imaging, meaning that you could actually see the cancer during treatment. And if you're able to see it, you could actually see it move if you're treating during treatment and adapt to the treatment while the patient's being treated, which is a very new for us and uh, allows us to what's called provide adaptive radiation therapy, more targeted, more focused, more precise. And thus, you know, it's very exciting for us. Mm -hmm. These machines are new in the field. Um, and so they're they're not they're few and far between. It's still being studied, um, but it, it's exciting. Yeah. So this is not something necessarily that our listeners should go out and demand from their radiation oncologists, but can certainly inquire about, right? Correct. 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 And you know there are future applications, but it's new and upcoming. I would say. Okay. And something that's been around for a little bit, and I think uh, perhaps is making its way, and we're finding newer applications or indications for is proton therapy. So maybe you could just briefly describe what proton therapy is. It's a form of radiation therapy, but how is it different? And like, what do you see as the main indications for proton therapy? Sure. Um, as we discussed earlier, uh, traditional external radiation refers to photon radiation. Uh, and the high energy version of the same x-rays used for diagnostic imaging. Uh, as we discussed, these high energy x-rays can be pointed at a part of the body where cancer is located uh, through a series of interactions inside the body. They break the, the DNA inside the cancer cell, rendering it unable to repair itself. And as a result, the cancer cell dies. Proton therapy is, you know, is also called high, high, uh, sorry, heavy ion therapy, it essentially kills cancer in the same way, breaking the DNA, but it uses charged particles, protons, rather than x-rays to kill cancer. A key difference between the photons or high energy x-rays versus protons is that photons, um, by their nature, pass through the cancer, exit the other side, um, and in, their, in that way, exit by hitting some of the normal tissue with trace amounts of radiation. On the other hand, proton has a unique ability to stop at the tumor. There is no exit dose, and, that, that, and thus protons have the ability to limit, further limit normal tissue exposure compared to traditional photon therapy. Despite this ability, uh, current indications for proton use have been limited for a few reasons. That's because some argue that the improvement in technologies for traditional photon uh, therapy with more focused treatment as we were discussing and image guidance with CT scans and MRIs of late decreases the normal tissue exposure and could potentially negate the advantages of proton therapy. So um, newer technologies such as image guidance uh, are slower to come by on the proton therapy as it's newer and there are fewer centers. Another reason is that comparison studies of proton and photon therapy remain ongoing to help assess differences in outcome. Proton centers are expensive to build, and this cost makes treatment 
uh, more expensive for patients and you know their insurance. Some insurance companies have been reluctant to approve proton therapy due to the cost differences and what they and the perceived equal outcomes of proton and photon treatment, specifically in uh, areas like prostate cancer, where it's commonly used without comparison studies. The American Society of Radiation Oncology feels that the recommendation for um, proton therapy, the medical necessity, should be limited to pediatric cancers because we're really concerned in those patients and in young patients of long-term exposure to radiation and their potential impact long-term. Uh, ocular tumors in the eye and base of skull where you need to fine-tune the radiation, liver tumors and areas where we go back and retreat. Um, the position on prostate cancer states that it's still unclear and you know the society feels that we need more data and time and comparison studies to see if there's a real difference in outcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting, because I know, I think the only patients that routinely ask me about it is uh, are men with prostate cancer, although I think there are some centers now offering proton therapy for certain breast tumors. Yes, uh, left-sided breast tumors uh, are you know being used, but again, uh, insurance verification, whether their insurance company would pay for it is a question because the cost is uh, mm -hmm. is is uh, much more. Yeah. So a new one that uh, new for me is flash radiation. What the heck is that? <laughs> <laughs> flash radiation therapy is, is exciting uh, for us and probably even will gain more traction uh, potentially than proton therapy. And it's a novel technology uh, defined as single ultra high dose rate radiation, meaning that it's delivering radiation at a very fast rate and uh, 400 times more rapid than conventional radiation therapy. And it, it, using animal models, uh, we've found that it has a potential to reduce normal tissue damage and thereby improve therapeutic outcome. It's very new. Um, there's one patient that's been studied on this uh, that's been reported, a, a T-cell type of lymphoma, where a very high amount of radiation, 15 gray, was delivered over a very short course, 90 milliseconds. And the tumor had a, a lasting impact. But what's, what's, what was uh, really uh, important as well is that the skin side effects were minimal. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of potential, uh, but, you know, there's still further study that needs to be done on this. Uh, it is an exciting thing that we think that might uh, might be, have a, a future in our clinical practice. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have only a couple minutes left, but I just got to ask you, since you do have a fellowship in integrative medicine, do you incorporate integrative strategies in <laughs> your clinical encounters with your radi folks that are coming to you for radiation therapy? Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, strongly feel that uh, the integrative approach is an essential part of oncology and, you know, whole person or personalized cancer care during the entire course uh, cancer continuum from prevention to survivorship. And I try to my best to, you know, guide patients uh, and include integrative modalities, uh, you know, through my treatment and also, you know, patient survivorship, including lifestyle nutritional complementary therapies, but, you know, my time is pretty limited 
and uh, you know, during my consultation as a radiation oncologist, uh, I have uh, it, it, my consultation is is you know, it's an hour and a half long, and it's hard to incorporate integrative elements. So I'm I'm personally trying to build a practice in Dallas, focusing on uh, you know integrative oncology as a part-time venture. As a result, and in the evenings and on weekends, I'm just starting this venture. So hopefully, I'll have that up and running in a few months. Wonderful. Well, I'm sure all the Dallas folks are going to be excited, and that's good for me to know. You have to be sure to send me your your clinic info. I will do. Up and running. So, um, you know, I, I'm sure there's some listeners that are in situations where they might be interested in either now or in the future exploring whether some of these more advanced techniques would be appropriate for them. How do they go about finding this information? Who do they ask? Should they go to cancer specialty hospitals or should they just ask their radiation oncologist if they're in a community sure. or, you know, what, what's the best course of action? Yeah. I've, you know, more advanced technologies are more expensive and traditionally they don't usually start off in smaller community hospitals, but yeah, the, the first place is to ask your, you know, your oncology team, your radiation oncologist, what uh, modalities they have available. It always helps to read up on it as well online um you know good source would be the national cancer institute american cancer society um and astro the american society of therapeutic radiation oncology um that, that would be a starting point i guess for for finding out more information but ask the ask your radiation oncologists and you know tr traditionally i would say that academic centers are uh, you know have the accounts to start or you know usually investigate these types of treatments in advance of community centers. But asking okay. your radiation oncologist would be a good first step. Yeah, for sure. All right, so I'm gonna uh, give you 30 seconds to share some final thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with. Well, um, you know, I guess it, radiation therapy has come a long way from 1900 to now. It is one of the three parts of uh, traditional cancer treatment, including surgery, medical oncology, uh, conventional treatments. It's commonly used. Um, and I would say that, you know, uh, uh, the side effects from our treatment have tremendously decreased over the last 10, 20 years because of our ability to focus treatment and, you know, to ask, it's dependent on the area that we treat, ask your radiation oncologist, consult with them. Um, that's what I would leave you with. Yeah, good advice. Well, gosh, this has really been informative, um, and I hope it's been reassuring to people who are uh, in the throes of cancer and just recognizing that radiation oncology is advancing. It's made huge strides, it's continuing to make huge strides, and there are a lot of wonderful radiation oncologists like Dr. Manoj Reddy. So I want to thank you again for taking time to join me tonight. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, where can listeners find more about you? Do you have a website yeah, you'd like to share? I, I, uh, I have a website that's forthcoming, uh, but um, if uh, listeners would like to uh, write me directly, they could use my direct email. It's my first name, Manoj, at manojreddymd.com. It's spelled M-A-N-O-J at M-A-N-O-J-R-E-D-D-Y-M-D.com. Beautiful. Okay, well, that wraps up this episode of Five to Thrive Live. And again, I want to thank our sponsors, um, 
immune postbiotic to give your immune system that extra boost and cognizance and acoline to help enhance memory, focus, and attention. Dr. O'Hira's probiotics award-winning pre- and probiotic formulas based on traditional Asian fermentation processes and ProThrivers Wellness Multivitamin, a multivitamin mineral supplement formulated specifically for Thrivers. And, you know, I just want to, again, uh, remind our listeners that at five, at this, on this podcast, sorry, I was getting a little tongue-tied there, on this podcast, we really strive to bring you integrative information. So there's a lot of our shows that focus on the more integrative aspects of healthcare. This show is really focused on the more conventional side of things. Obviously, you can see from that that we really believe that there's value to an integrative approach, and I think that you might be excited by some of the advances. And again, remember, there's some really good people working inside the world of conventional oncology doing their best for you. So with that, I want to thank you all for joining us. May you experience joy, laughter, and love. It's time to thrive, everyone. Have a great night.